The Big Apple mandates vaccines for everybody, from the baristas of Brooklyn to the bankers of Midtown. Biden set to meet with Putin today as Russia looks like it's planning an invasion of Ukraine. And Trump's new media venture finds its CEO straight from the halls of Congress. Gas. Tuesday Need to Know. Let's go. Tuesday, everybody. This is Cheddar's Need to Know podcast for December 7th, a date which will live in infamy. I'm Carlo Versano here with Baker Machado. Baker, how are you? Yes, indeed. Pearl Harbor, of course. Very big day today. Also, Eight, Nas- was that 80 years? Is today yes, 80 years? I wow. believe Amazing. so, which is incredible. Yeah. Also, National Cotton Candy Day as well today, Carlo, uh, which, of course, is perfect in the in the food pyramid as well. <laughs> um, thank you for that, Baker. You're always good with the national random days, and I appreciate that. <laughs> somebody's got to uh, have a we... beat on this show. You know, somebody's <laughs> got to get that covered for people. Uh, before we go, just in all seriousness, I need to eat a little bit of crow. Actually, I'm not really eating crow because eating crow implies that I said something um, that was false. And I just really what I want to do is just apologize. Yesterday, I we were talking about Chris Cuomo. Um, I implied that the anonymous person who was accusing uh, Chris Cuomo of sexual misconduct was part of some kind of like hit job against him. Yeah, it was really unfair of me to say. Um, and I apologize for saying it. Uh, I, I don't know that to be the case. And, you know, sometimes I think that I'd. Yeah, sometimes I think I let my cynicism get the best of me, and it's a real character flaw that I that I need to work on. Um, you know, there's a difference between skepticism and cynicism, and sometimes I uh, I get carried away, and this was an example of that. So just my apologies um, for, for saying that yesterday, and if you were offended, uh, I don't blame you, and I'm sorry. Yes, continue to send uh, all your notes and emails to Carlo Versano and everybody else here <laughs> at, the new, at the Need to Know podcast, which, by the way, I have to say, has the greatest listeners, the greatest fans. We do. Uh, I mean, I've been getting messages on Instagram and emails and all this stuff from all the amazing listeners. They they love and take this podcast very seriously. And, Which is- if it, and if anything, it makes me want to always step my game up as a result of that because I, I know how important this is to everybody in terms of getting the right context of the news of the day. Yeah, and that's why this was eating at me all day yesterday because I, I hate to um... – you know, I, I I hate when I don't live up to uh, my job, and I didn't in that uh, in that regard. So yes, thank you. All Carry right, on. Well, let's dive into the news, Carlo. A lot to really get into on this Tuesday. Let's start right here, where all the news happens, where we think the world revolves around us. <laughs> New York City. It's going to become the very first big city in the country now to require vaccinations for all in-person employees of private businesses. The sweeping mandate is going to start December the 27th. That on the orders of the city's outgoing mayor, Bill De Blasio who called it a preemptive strike against the Omicron variant. Now, there's no testing option as an alternative, and it's unclear how the mandate is going to be enforced. That's sort of the big question mark here if you basically do not have your employees uh, vaccinated here, which we should note about 90% of New York City is considered vaccinated. Um, but still, you know, Bill de Blasio said the well, she's correct. This was the epicenter of the of the pandemic at the very early stages, and we do not want to have it come back and, and really wreak havoc on the city again. 
Yeah, I mean, execution, implementation, enforcement, you know, I'm pro-vaccine mandate, I, I have said many times, but I also I acknowledge how difficult these mandates actually are to execute. I mean, what's like, what's the penalty if a bodega worker doesn't get vaccinated, yep. right? Just, yep. Does the business get ticketed? Who's writing that ticket? Is it the police who, who don't really work? Is it the, uh, I, I mean, they don't even enforce traffic violations in my neighborhood anymore. It's hard to imagine they're going to be going into like private stores asking to see people's vaccine cards. Uh, and like if you're a restaurant and you're already dealing with a labor shortage, you yep, now have to make true. sure that your prospective hire is vaccinated. Uh, again, I agree in principle, but, it, you know, I also just we have to acknowledge that your the, these mandates place a real burden on a lot of these companies um, and without any help coming from the government, in this case, from the city. And, and I think those two, you can hold both of those views at the same time. I don't really know what the answer is. Look, a lot of big businesses, banks, for instance, media companies, our parent company, Altice in particular, they all have sort of their own mandates that they have in place. Uh, again, mm -hmm. nobody knows sort of the enforcement mechanisms if they don't have particular employees that, that don't have the vaccine. The question then becomes for small businesses. You mentioned bodegas. Right. Yeah. Um, the New York Times interviewed a pet shop uh, uh, owner uh, that basically has about five employees. And he said, while he too agrees with vaccine mandates, what happens if you have two employees out of a group of five that don't that aren't vaccinated? And in this labor shortage that we're seeing right now, that could be cataclysmic for that business based on the fact that they'd have to hire and find new people to basically take those jobs. And it's been really hard in terms of the hiring front for a lot of these employees. The other big question will be, and we should note, Bill de Blasio only in office for another month or so, we we do not know, and by the way, this is also likely going to have a legal challenge against it as well. Yeah. We do not know if the next incoming mayor, Eric Adams, supports this mandate. De Blasio did say yesterday in interviews he had spoken to the next mayor about this, but come January, we don't know if Eric Adams supports this same mandate as well. So this could potentially be a political talking point for Bill de Blasio, who, uh, according to rumors and reports out there, has his eye potentially on running for the governor's race down the road. Who knows if this? <laughs> This is sort of his thing to say that, you know, all the things that he's done as the mayor of New York. But it's going to be interesting to see what the next mayor does. I think that that's more yeah. important, I think, than what Bill de Blasio announced yesterday. Sure. And just on Omicron, um, you know, just looking at the data that's coming out of both Europe and South Africa, the early indications continuing to show that this variant is highly transmissible, but so far at least not particularly severe. Uh, so I just want to keep on pounding that because that's really good news. Um, nothing has come out yet that has disabused me of my gut feeling that this is not going to be, you know, the end of the world. Um, and perhaps it could even be a blessing in disguise as we move into year three of this pandemic. Uh, and I promise I will eat crow if I'm wrong. <laughs> About this. Um, You're like me with swearing. Just... You're like me with swearing on this show. Like there's going to be an eat crow and swearing jar for both of us. Yes, exactly. Uh, and by the way, did you see yesterday at the White House press briefing with Jen Psaki when she was talking oh, about testing God. yesterday? Oh, my Lord. So she said somebody asked her, um, what did they ask her? They were like, it, you know, is the White House planning on doing anything, you know, to, to expand testing? And she's like, what right. do you want us to do? Like, right. send tests out to everybody? Right. In the mail? Which, yes, like, yes. It's like, yes, yes, that's what we want you to do. <laughs> uh, I mean, 
I, that actually, if you didn't watch that, go go watch that video. Uh, yeah, it's on Twitter. That was such a that was such a smug, insulting answer from Jen Psaki. I, I I really it was really gross. I thought you know yes, tests should be free, or if not free, they should at least be heavily subsidized mm-hmm. and easy to get. And the fa- you know our failure to do that at this point, two years into this, is just unconscionable. And for the White House to sort of blow it off is like, what are we gonna do? Send tests out to everybody? Yeah, it's she's just, ha- oh, she's having to do a little bit of a walk back on that one in particular. Uh, Carlo, let's move and switch gears and talk about the weather because Hawaii in particular is getting slammed by a relentless storm system that could dump as much as two feet of rain on the state by the time it moves through later today. Oahu in particular getting hit hard as much as two inches an hour and there are reports of significant power outages right now in Honolulu. Hawaii's governor issuing a state of emergency for all the islands warning of catastrophic flooding and even potential landslides. The days long storm comes after parts of the state were under a rare blizzard warning over the weekend that was the the most bizarre of the headlines that snow was happening in hawaii This could actually be good because most of Hawaii is in a severe drought. Yes, so hopefully, is, hopefully, is. hopefully this rain helps uh, without causing its own problems. Um, but we will obviously uh, send our thoughts to our Hawaii listeners and everybody out there who's uh, trying to get through this. Also on the weather beat here, it's finally feeling like winter here in the Northeast. Uh, and if you live along the I-95 corridor, you can expect to see the first snowflakes of the season starting up. Uh, late tonight, early tomorrow. Uh, nothing significant. Looks like it's just going to be kind of one of those wintry mixes. But I think this is the this will be Franny's first snow, so I'm going to take her out. Yes. That'll be exciting. Yeah. Yes, and, and I uh, got a fresh pair of long underwear out of the dryer this morning, so I feel nice, warm, and toasty so far today, <laughs> Carlo. Uh, let's talk about a huge, huge potential phone call that's happening today at the White House. President Biden expected to warn Vladimir Putin against invading Ukraine when the two leaders meet for a high-stakes virtual summit today. Ukraine has been sounding the alarm to allies that Russian troops have been amassing on the eastern border for weeks now, similar to the lead up to Moscow's 2014 uh, annexation of Crimea. A recent U.S. intelligence assessment found that Russia could be preparing for an invasion as soon as next month. No doubt this is going to be one of the next to Afghanistan, the next big sort of international political either landmine, headache, or sort of Mm -hmm. crisis that the Biden administration now essentially has to face here because all indications are Vladimir Putin not listening to any from the CIA director recently. The CIA director recently met with Vladimir Putin. Uh, Apparently, according to reports out there, Vladimir Putin uh, just brushed off with the CIA director, basically told him, which is to stand down, not to go after Ukraine. Uh, So who knows how this phone conversation is going to go between these two leaders? This is a great example of why I would never want to be president. It's just one crisis after another. And and a lot of these crises, you could be doing the, your best work. You could be really rounding the corner domestically. And then you got a Russian invasion of Ukraine right, that you got right. to deal with. It's like, right. what would our what would our response even be to that? Like sanctions? I mean, Putin does not care about sanctions. We're, and we're not going to go to war with Russia over Ukraine, nor should we. But I mean, can, can also like, are we just going to let this guy continue to walk over the you know international community like this? I, I don't know. It's hard, right? It, it is really hard. And also, if you're Biden, do you basically get you know other Western allies to sort of coalesce together to sort of back up Ukraine? And the whole reason why they're going at Russia is going after Ukraine is because Ukraine has a is trying to basically create a pro-Western uh, sort of alliance, yeah. and they don't like that. Um, but you're right. What do you do? I mean, you're obviously not going to go to war against Russia. Um, you know, in terms of a physical war. So do you sort of have some sort of um, 
you know, technological warfare against them? Do you put sanctions on them? Um, who knows what's going to happen? Either way, a, a huge phone call that's yeah. happening today. Uh, let's move and talk about a wild story that's happening in Washington, but also some tech stories to it as former President Trump's new media venture now has found its CEO, and that is Representative Devin Nunes of California. He is going to retire from Congress, and he's going to lead the new Trump Media and Technology Group. Nunes, a close ally of the former president, is a 10-term Republican congressman who rose to chair the powerful House Intelligence Committee when the Republicans last controlled the House. Federal regulators investigating the SPAC deal, also that's bringing Trump's venture pu uh, 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 group public. Um, it, it's interesting because Devin Nunes, uh, who, again, I have mentioned, has been a congressman for 10 uh, terms now, likely going to lose his congressional seat because of redistricting in California. He likely, if he would have stayed in Congress, uh, probably would have ran for a safer uh, seat because it looks like, based on the maps, his district is going to turn into a Biden district in the next mm. election. Um, but this also just goes to show you know, where the power is right now. It's in conservative yeah. media. It's not happening right now in the halls of Congress. Yeah, that was my takeaway, right? I mean, first of all, the revolving door in Washington spins on. It always has and it always will. If there's one thing you can count on, it will be people in Congress taking lucrative, uh, you know, salaries after uh, working for the government. But it is just wild to me how you could be like Nunez if he were to be reelected. He would probably become the chairman of the House Ways he and would. Means Committee, he would. which yes. is a, a really a powerful position. And the idea that that would be a step down from, you know, running some grift for Donald Trump is just like, but but it's like you, what you said, right? Politics is that now for a lot of people. It's a rest stop on the way to a long and lucrative media career. Um, so I, I think that I mean I wouldn't talk about a job that I wouldn't take for a billion dollars. I mean, this <laughs> the will CEO end with him. This venture, you wouldn't take that job. Uh, <laughs> this will end with him either under indictment or Maybe. fired. Uh, you know. It's just... Well, you know, it, it's also sort of interesting because uh, Devin Nunes was being mocked a lot on social media yesterday because Devin Nunes has famously sued reporters, media organizations, and yeah. he has a famous lawsuit uh, involving Twitter because there is a fake t parody account of one of Devin Nunes's uh, cows on his farm that is making fun of him and he has sued those people oh, trying yeah. to basically uh, find out who was behind that account and so a lot of people were mocking him saying wow Devin Nunes now is going to know a lot more about libel laws now that he's running a media venture uh, because he's been suing all these media organizations yeah. uh, but either way really interesting and it kind of gives you an you know some sort of an indication about what's going to be happening next with these Trump uh, with these Trump media mm -hmm. uh, groups uh, let's talk about what happened yesterday in the sports world, Medina Spirit, the winner of this year's Kentucky Derby, uh, sadly collapsing and dying on a California racetrack just as he was completing a workout. The trainer, Bob Baffert, said the three-year-old Colt had died from a heart attack. Medina Spirit's derby win remains under scrutiny after the thoroughbred had tested positive for a banned substance following that race, and it also got Bob Baffert uh, banned as a result of that. More than 20 horses uh, have died just this year at that racetrack in uh, Santa Anita Park in Southern yeah. California. Uh, Medina Spirit is the 75th horse to have died under Bob Baffert's care since 2000. I mean, I'm not an equine expert, but that seems like a lot to it me. Uh, it's uh, horse racing. I mean, the whole sport is such a disgrace. It, re it really, I, like, it's fun to watch. Uh, I enjoy. I watch the Derby. I enjoy it just like everybody else. But like. You know, these guys get these poor, magnificent animals all jacked up on steroids to win the money, and then they just let them die I know. after a couple of years. It's just horrible. Like, I don't know what... 
Uh, this guy, I don't know, Baffert, it seems like this guy should really just uh, resign in disgrace before he kills any more remember, of these animals. Remember, by the way, when Bob Baffert got banned, after all, uh, he went on, famously, he went on Fox News and said the reason why he was getting in trouble was not because of his horse testing positive for a steroid, but it was because of cancel culture. That's no, the yes, reason right. that everybody was basically going yes. up ag uh, out against him. But I'm with you. I, as somebody who cares deeply about animal uh, animal rights, you know, I, I, I love watching the Derby as much as as anybody, but you know, you've got to feel at least really bad for these horses, even though I'm sure while they're being trained, they're being, you know, getting the best food, probably the best, you know, health, all health yeah. there, all that stuff. Um, Until they put them out to pasture and then it's, yeah, you know, right to true. the glue factory, right? Yeah, true, good point. Uh, meanwhile, let's talk about this wild story in Seattle. A startup there wants to make the process of picking your final resting place as easy as buying your glasses online. This company is called Titan Casket, and their founders include an Amazon veteran whose job it is just to ensure that the big expensive package got delivered for you at Amazon. They now want to create the Warby Parker of caskets for Gen Z and millennials who are planning their funerals down the road. The pitch is straightforward. Customers have the right to buy their own caskets, but nearly every family that buries a loved one relies on a funeral home to handle it, and funeral homes notorious for marking up those caskets by as much as 500% as a result of this, Carlo. What a wild story. It's actually a great idea. It is. Uh, right? I mean, the funeral industry is actually uh, seeing revenues fall because a lot of people are choosing cremation, which is much cheaper and much easier. Um, but it's ha that's happening even as America's death rate is going to start rising as the baby boomer generation, our parents, start to age. Um, there's also this natural this uh, this trend out there of natural or green burials where the, you kind of just like put in the ground as is without any casket or embalming. Um, but anyway, yeah, no, I think it's a it's a smart idea. I, I, I really think so. Um, just because everything's done online now. So why not pick pick a casket online? But as for me, I want a Viking burial whenever What's I the Viking uh, burial? When, when, when they shoot you out uh, and that would be good too. Now I want you to set my body on a wooden raft, light that sucker up, and just push it into the ocean like the Vikings used to do. Whoa, That's how I want to go out. I did not know that. That is so interesting. And, and so, have you told your <laughs> wife that this is how you want to go out? <laughs> I have, and she's rolled her eyes uh, as she does many times every day. Pickle. How interesting! And it's also so funny because the funeral business is ripe for disruption. It's so funny how uh, such an antiquated model is there because for a lot of people, if they lose a loved one, they don't really know the first steps of what to do, where to go. Yeah, you who make to the call. funeral route. Yeah, you basically you basically, and you're in such grief because you've lost someone. You push all of that onto the funeral home to basically take care of it, and as a result, as you correctly mentioned, they then control the prices on all of this so yeah. uh so are, i'm almost curious now do we sort of start like as millennials uh, you know start like this almost like death fund that you basically put away money every so often to sort of like say okay i want this casket made from this material or i want this cremation made from this thing and you basically yeah. start planning your own death i don't know if you've watched curb your enthusiasm this last season but there's a whole, <laughs> there's a whole episode uh, with the great albert brooks whose whole mind Mindset is like I want to do a funeral while I'm still alive. Yeah. Maybe that starts a trend. <laughs> Maybe that starts a trend now. 
it, it, it is. That was a very funny thing because it's like, well, if you're going to have everybody speaking for you, like speaking right. all these great things about you, but you're going to be dead, so it won't matter. So why not do that before you actually kick the bucket? Um, okay, more to know before we go, Baker. What all we right, got? the Biden administration, Carlos, suing Texas yet again, this time over its election practices. The Department of Justice accusing the state of discriminating against Latinos and its redistricting maps at that ahead of the midterms next year. Texas getting an additional two House seats next year because they saw the biggest population growth of any state in the last decade. And more than likely, those two new seats would be going to Republicans here, Carlo. Yeah, I don't know if you've been following the story across the pond. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson just laying out a 10-year strategy for combating the UK's drug problem. Uh, this includes nearly a billion dollars in new funding for that country's treatment centers, as well as stiffer penalties for so-called uh, lifestyle or casual drug users who could actually lose their passports under these new guidelines if they're arrested for doing drugs. Uh, this plan, though, coming amid reports in the British press that drug use is actually rife within the halls of parliament itself. The Sunday Times reporting last weekend that of the 12 bathrooms inside the Palace of Westminster that were tr tested for traces of cocaine, 11 of them came Whoa. back positive. Uh, the war on drugs, baby, it's back. <laughs> um, I don't know how this will go, but I remember how we declared a war on drugs in the United States, and now you can't buy drugs anymore. So maybe it'll be like that. Interesting. Meanwhile, the Justice Department ending its investigation into the 1955 lynching of Emmett Till. That was the black teenager from Chicago who was abducted, tortured, and killed after witnesses said he whistled at a white woman in Mississippi. So that means no new charges will be filed against Carolyn Bryant Donham. That's the woman accused of lying about whether Till even touched her. Uh, and we should note one of the worst in this country's history, the Emmett Till case, given the fact that Emmett Till had an all-white jury that convicted him. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, Justy, Justy, Justy Smollett took the stand at his trial yesterday. Uh, you know, this has been a real trend of these high-profile defendants uh -huh. actually taking the stand in their own defense. Uh, Smollett denied the allegations that he orchestrated a racist and homophobic attack against himself in a bid for publicity. The former Empire actor testifying that he was actually the victim of a setup by these two brothers who the prosecution alleged took money from Smollett to stage that attack. He's going to be back on the stand today for cross-examination, and in this case, expected to go to the jury after that. Uh, the Grammys under fire again. Drake now removing himself from competition at the Grammys as the rapper reportedly asked the Recording Academy to withdraw his two nominations for Certified Lover Boy. That's a major dilemma for the Academy, which is trying to stem an exodus of top artists who have long complained that black artists get snub in the top categories. That comes on the heels of last year, uh, The weekend basically making those allegations about this. We've had Kanye West, Jay-Z, mm -hmm. also other artists really heavily criticizing the Grammys in terms of their selection process when it comes to people of color. And in uh, sports here, the New England Patriots beat the Buffalo Bills to take first place last night in uh, Monday Night Football in the AFC East. I don't know if you saw any of that game. It was insane. It was just like 60-mile-an-hour winds, basically blizzard conditions up there in Buffalo. Tom Brady and the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks, meanwhile are, meanwhile, are sitting pretty in first in the NFC South, which means, Baker, there is a non-zero chance that we could be looking <laughs> at a Super Bowl that pits uh, Tom Brady against Bill Belichick. Um, we shall see. You can bet that uh, the people over at Fox Sports who have the big game Ooh, this year are yes. praying to the football gods that that is the matchup. That, that would get. be quite of amazing. Belichick versus Brady. I mean, does this now answer our question? Who is the most significant uh, for that franchise? Was it yeah. Belichick or Brady? Given the fact that Belichick has made random quarterbacks from Matt Castle to now Mac Jones, basically keeping that team number one, even without Tom Brady.
It's amazing. Okay, that's what you need to know, fellas and gals and everybody else, for Tuesday, December 7th. See you tomorrow.